Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gawk. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are going to be talking about apologies. True. We are. That's true. How to make a professional apology. (laughs) Ruthie is literally busting a gut over here and we have not even started yet. (laughs) I just keep thinking of all the stupid apologies I've done in my life. Oh, it's fine. We're doing great. Okay, so... um, (laughs) We consider ourselves experts on this subject, actually, mostly because we've both said some really offensive things (laughs) and had to grovel and eat our words. True, over and over again. Open mouth, insert foot, let's go. (laughs) Try to sprint. Um, (laughs) So Ruthie's got the questions on this one, so she's going to ask them. Yeah, Um, so to begin with... Why is it so hard to apologize? Oh, well, Ruthie actually knows a lot about the <laughs> psychological <laughs> aspects. I'll tell you why it's hard for me to apologize. Okay. Because of pride, yeah. especially when you think you're right. And then trying to talk to that person about why you don't agree with them is difficult. Yeah. So I think um, one of the the resources that I pulled was a uh, video by Brene Brown, um, who I love. She's really awesome, a really cool psychologist, um, or just knows a lot about psychology and stuff like that. I don't know if her official title is psychologist. Anyway, um, I think one one thing that she says is that it's really hard to just listen to when someone is coming at you with anger and pain. Um, when, when they're confronting you with that, like if they're saying you did this wrong, um, you automatically have to overcome defensiveness of them telling you that. And it's not just, um, you're angry with them for telling you that or whatever. It's that, that pain piece of one, all of a sudden realizing that you offended someone and then two, realizing that they expect you to apologize and you have to suddenly make this decision to how you're going to respond. Um, and obviously like there can be other circumstances as well where you know like beforehand and it's not always like you said this and I'm offended like sometimes you might find out after the fact or whatever or offhand from somebody else and then you have to you have to really like sit with that and think about how you're gonna do it and I think Becca's exactly right is that it is a pride thing um so one thing that I thought was interesting also from Brene Brown is that no apology has meaning unless you are able to put unless we are able to put aside our defensiveness and really listen. Um, and that is something that I am a, a, a pit of garbage at. Honestly. <laughs> I'm just very bad at listening. Um, but Becca, tell us a story about when you failed to listen um, when someone was trying to tell you something. and Oh, like you when they were... Them. Yeah, okay. Um... So I used to, I've had many jobs in my life. (laughs) I was a long-term substitute teacher for fax class (laughs) for seventh and eighth grade. For what class? Fax. It's like the politically correct version of home ec now or something. (laughs) I don't know. It stands for like family something rather. I don't know. I should know. I taught the class. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, one of the things we talked about was some data on um, like the family structure and the kids were supposed to like research 
um, what the impacts of your parents are on having you like raising you and stuff. And one of the, the data points that was researched was like basically talking about how having a father figure in your life dramatically increases your, um, ability to succeed. And, um, I don't have the exact data on it, but it, we had it up on the, on the screen and we were talking about it or whatever. And one of the girls is like, I'm offended by that because I don't have a dad here and I can't believe you would say that about me. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm not saying that about you at all. <laughs> this is what the data says. <laughs> and that was like a super hard like moment for me because I'm thinking to myself, okay, like where's the logic here? <laughs> and clearly you don't understand statistics, but um, that wasn't the moment to do that, right? And that was kind of one of those situations where we had to be like, okay, well, you know, that's a, I, I'm sorry that that's how you're feeling. We're not saying that about you at all. And in fact, lots of people are successful regardless of their parent upbringing, even if they had a terrible or no parents at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, coming back away from that, like I, I had to sit there and think about it for a while of like, okay, this is a vulnerable person, not necessarily vulnerable because of their background or whatever but because they're in seventh grade they're shapeable (laughs) this is a small person and you have an impact over their life so what does that look like to be a positive impact and so just talking with her or like the family and just saying hey like this is what we talked about just wanted to make sure you guys were on the same page about this and communicate with them i'm sorry if that offended you but and then just the response of her family was like no it's data like (laughs) she doesn't know what she's talking about and i i mean i'm not saying that she didn't but maybe she just didn't understand the concept of what we were talking about at the Mm -hmm. time so um but i think it's important to address those things because if somebody is really upset with something you said and sometimes i've made jokes where like everybody laughed and it was funny and then afterwards someone was like that was really mean (sighs) Like Same. one time I told my friend and he listens to our podcast, so he will know who this <laughs> is. But I saw that him in the grocery store with my husband and I was like, I knew that you were here because your car looked like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> because it's very recognizable vehicle. Okay. And then Joel told me that I had to go apologize. <laughs> so I did. But things Why like did it that. Look like an alien. It just hasn't the the, the headlights are shaped like those alien eyes. Oh, okay. You know, like the little green guy. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay. It it doesn't matter because <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that Irrelevant. where I don't even realize like I say things sometimes and they're really mean. Mm. So um, I'm very good at what's called eating crow. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but how do we actually apologize, Ruthie? Yeah. What does so, that look like? Um, I talked with one of my friends about this and he had some really interesting things to say that I thought was really valuable. Um, and one, uh, so he kind of laid it down into like four different steps, which I thought would be interesting if I read them off. So basically the first step is to go to that person and, um, essentially like just be a person of integrity, um, and ask them what the full extent of that impact was. 
So if we're thinking about this in a business context, um, so say you are a like a auto body shop and you know for a fact that like one of your client or customers are really, really upset about what happened with their tires. And so they were supposed to, your, your people were supposed to do something for them and then it didn't work out or they like broke the axle, let's say. So then going to them and this person is like hot and bothered. Maybe they're driving down the road and then the whole axle just like snapped in half and then they had all this problem. That would like totally kill you. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They were driving very slow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They just left the shop. Anyway, they're in front of your yard and it's broken. So then they come up and they're just screaming at you. And so the first the first step would be to just understand what the full impact of it. Obviously, like there's there's the full the impact of what happened physically, but maybe they're late for work or maybe they they have to go pick up their kid from daycare or and just like asking those questions in a non-invasive way, but being like uh, just asking saying I am so sorry that happened what is going on or like what do you have going on in this day that we can help you with or what where do you need to be right now and trying to really understand the full impact of why they're so upset um, and just kind of meeting them in that and then the second thing is to just listen and um and just really take in what they're saying and not meeting it with judgment not meeting it with um this is well, this is what you should have done and and so and so did this and so he's the one at fault and we need to bring him in on this and you chew out him, don't chew out me and like and just but just sitting and and really listening. Um and then the third thing is to apologize, you know, and like and actually being sincere about that. Like uh another thing that I was listening to in this her name is Harriet um Harriet Lerner, 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 yeah, she is also a psychologist who I enjoy listening to, and um, she talked about how when you apologize but you're not sincere or you have no intention of actually, I want to say remediating, is that a word? (laughs) Bringing remedy (laughs) to the situation, then it can actually make it so much worse. And Becca, you had a story about that. And then I'll finish with the the end point that my friend was telling me about. Okay. (laughs) So um, one time I went to a store and I was saying, oh, okay, like, I'm ready to have a meeting, whatever we had, we like set up a meeting because now everything is, you have to have a meeting, an appointment. (laughs) And so, um, I was there and I got there and she was telling me, you know what, you have to have all these documents. And I'm like, I drove here yesterday and scheduled this meeting with you. And you're telling me that I was supposed to bring all these documents and you (laughs) didn't tell me when I booked the appointment. (laughs) And she was like well you could always book your appointment online and i'm like how does this solve the problem (laughs) so i i said can you show me where to book it online because i don't even know how to do that and she's like well you have to find it on the website so i'm on the website and it's not working and then she says well you have to google it Oh, okay. So we finally get to that point and I'm like, well, is there a way we can make this process better so that like in the future, the next person doesn't have the same problem where they come to the appointment and don't have these documents. And she says to me, well, you can call the customer service line, but they're not going to care who I am. You can tell them my name. They're not going to care. They're a different department. (laughs) And I'm like, 
oh my gosh. <laughs> what? You're not really solving any problem. And I'm just trying to make the process better. And you don't even want to change the process. <laughs> and so she wasn't, she was just like, well, I'm sorry, but no, there's nothing we can do to, corporate does not care about this. And even if you were to tell them to fix the process, they're not going to. I'm like, you're the one who booked the appointment. <laughs> so anyways, it was just, in that situation, I definitely felt helpless. Mm -hmm. And like the situation was made worse because there was nothing, even though she was apologizing, like, well, I'm sorry that happened to you. She wasn't like trying to come up with any solution or owning the problem mm -hmm. with Ruth, what Ruthie was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, that point that Ruthie was making about taking one for the team, mm -hmm. that is really huge. And I'm actually shocked to find that a lot of people don't do that. Mm -hmm. In, in any kind of business or in a work environment where a customer is really upset and that individual that answers that call starts freaking out back on them and then says, well, it's not my fault. You should be inside this business. It's horrible. <laughs> like all this stuff. It's Great. Just, <laughs> it's a really poor reflection on the company. Mm -hmm. It's not... And, and it represents the entire, your future business with that customer completely wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have good customer service, um, oh my goodness. Okay, let me give you an example of <laughs> excellent customer service. I'm going to even link to their website <laughs> in the blog because I I just love them. Okay, Charles Schwab Banking. Oh, I love this story. Oh, they're just... They're Amazing. just the best customer service I have ever had to deal with. <laughs> they, um, okay, so I have an account with them. And then when I got married, I called them and said, hey, I want to put my husband on my account. And if you listen to our payoff debt, you know that my husband was on the account because <laughs> I don't have secret accounts, okay? <laughs> Anyways, so um, they were like sending all this information, blah, blah, blah. So I did and I faxed it in. They're like, yep, we got it. So then I was like, great, it's updated. Well, a month later I go in there and he's not on the account after I had faxed in all of the secret stuff. Secret account. Just... <laughs> Stop. Just wasn't intentional <laughs> anyway so i called them and was telling them hey like this happened and i submitted all the paperwork somehow they couldn't find it or something i don't know but the lady on the phone was like oh, i'm so sorry this happened to you let me help you with this and she walked me through the process again we resubmitted everything again and at the time i was just like well that took forever. Hopefully it works this time. Well, it did. But the best part about that was <laughs> literally she sent me a Harry and David gift basket like to my house because she had it on file. And, and I was what like, was in this gift basket? Just chocolate and cookies. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. like it came with like a bed and breakfast tray and uh -huh. everything. I was like this. Like we're here. not talking like crusty cookies here. Like oh, these were word. like monster you, cookies that were soft and delicious. If you've ever bought anything on the Harry and David website, one of those gift baskets was more than was in my account. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, they really care about me. <laughs> and I loved it because they actually went the extra mile and, mm -hmm. and they give their customer service team the ability to make those calls yeah. individually. And when you give a person the ability to own up for an apology and say, you know, I'm so sorry. And they actually have something they can do. Like, mm -hmm. let me just give you a discount on this or 
is there anything I can do to try to make your day better? Even mm-hmm. if it's like a little thing, like writing a note, whatever. If you can't resolve it in the call or if they're still a little upset, elevating it to somebody in your company or if you're the business owner, um, making a point of documenting a new solution to that problem and then following up with them and say, hey, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but we now have a process in place because of you. I know that's Mm. a hard thing to be the groundbreaker in processes, but now we have one because of your issues. So that won't happen again. Mm -hmm. So we just really appreciate your patience with us. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to, so I'll say, I'll recap the the four points that I was going through before, but um, I just read this article too, other article that was talking about how um, when you have a known issue that comes up, then it you have a responsibility to be timely in your response. Um, so if it's like a really, really heated discussion, you can take a second to like let it settle down and take a deep breath. But it's your responsibility to reach out to that person as soon as you can because the longer it festers, the worse it gets and the, the more impact it, it, it can have on the reputation of your company. And if you're known as a company that is very prompt in how they respond to issues and like people are like oh they take care of that right away that that (laughs) you're building your integrity as a company i'm just imagining i'm sorry i don't like the word fester but on top of that i'm just imagining somebody go oh that company i don't like them they let their issues fester Okay, so in in recap of those those four points that um, it, it's kind of the theme throughout this whole uh, episode, but uh, so basically like asking the extent of of the wrong that happened or whatever you know, even if you feel like you did not wrong someone, just owning up to it, even if it was not your own fault, and finding out what the extent of that was, and then listening, just being really open minded and opening your heart to just let let them say what they need to say and be in a safe space for that and then apologizing and then the last point um, is to reestablish that uh, the expectations for for moving forward so like saying um, like if they're like well you did this and this and this and, and you're apologizing and then you're saying moving forward this is how I will respond in the future. This is how we will respond as a company. And this is the going back to, this is the standard that we have set for ourselves. And we have failed to do that for you in this case. And we are going to make that right. And then you go forward and you make it right because that's what a company of integrity does. Yeah. I'm also going to point out though, that if you work in a really big company, um, that might not be something you can do saying, well, moving forward, this is what we're going to do because you can't set those policies um in a small business you absolutely can i just dropped my phone on the ground <laughs> <laughs> you heard that anyways um but but within that thinking about okay so what ruthie was saying hey owning up to it, even if you didn't do it mm-hmm. i want to just clarify what that means I'm not going to be like yeah you're right i did that <laughs> that was me i i severed the axle of your car <clears throat> no, sent you on your way no i mean maybe it was already broken and that just happened to occur at the same time right but when we're talking about that it's important to understand that person's perspective and mm-hmm. apologize that they feel that way mm-hmm. it's not saying you know what like i'm i'm gonna acknowledge that i broke your axle no it's saying I'm really sorry that you are so frustrated about this. And I'm so sorry this happened to you. And this is what I'm going to try to do to help you. You know, it's not 
it's not sitting there and saying, oh yeah, I totally went out of my way to do that to you. No, but trying to acknowledge their frustration is very, very important to resolving that, but be sincere about it because if you're just like, oh yeah, I can see you're frustrated. Well, this is what I'm going to do. That's the tone in which you say it is really important in actually apologizing. Yeah. All right. This is where we're going to do a little plug for our Facebook page. So we know people are listening to our podcast because guess what? We have analytics. Look at that. (laughs) Lucky us. And some of you have actually told me that you listen to our podcast. And I'm just going to say right now, you guys have not liked the Facebook page. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, you should get on the Facebook page and like it. Okay, so we're going to transition really quickly to our gawk portion you guys are going to hear a rather disturbing story. <laughs> I personally find it very disturbing. Uh, Ruthie can give you her perspective because it's important to understand other people's feelings and why they do things that you wouldn't agree with. <laughs> and here You're we go. this in a very condescending way and I did it out of pure love. Okay, so Becca <laughs> and Joel... <laughs> Becca and Joel got married. Um, ta-da, surprise. And uh, when they were doing like the planning for the wedding, Becca was talking with my dad about it. And Becca has a um, champagne dreams and a pizza budget. Um, Which I'm very good at, by the way. It's true. Yeah, you know, you make it work most of the time. Uh, but so when she was talking about all these things that she wanted for her wedding, my dad was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is very expensive. And I was like, and her colors were... Um, Copper. Yeah. And navy blue. Uh-huh. And do you have and ones? white and white and I was like, no worries, Dad. My hair is basically copper. I'll just make the decorations. <laughs> and he was like, that's disgusting. And then they all laughed about it, and I was like, hmm, hmm. And so for the next six months, I took like you know, like when you like I don't know, not I wasn't like collecting my hair off of stuff it's just, it was just weird it was just i would just like pull it out but and she had a process i was I, like did you rip this out of your hairbrush and she's like no, no only I when i played with my hair yeah. did i collect those strands and i'm like that's I'd just even weird <laughs> and then i had it in this little container and i put it okay this is uh, saying it out loud makes it sound so weird but it's, it, it's, so weird. <laughs> it's, it's just like not creepy. it's so funny and so then i put it in this clear christmas bulb and didn't say it just like told almost no one the about this right Christmas like just bulbs you hang on the tree because i also was weirded out by myself like i was like this is i i tell nobody about this but now i think it's magnificent anyways <laughs> I, I, got I got this i got this um the clear christmas bulb and it had like some stuff on it so i had to like take this uh like uh, acetone and get everything off of it okay 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 it was it was i'm just saying it was a very involved process and then i wrote a little note and said like i'm so happy for your wedding like congratulations i literally made this for you (laughs) and then i put it on the head table of their wedding like between becca and joel's seat it literally was sitting on the table when we went to go (laughs) eat our food and i'm like not really paying attention and then she gets up there with her little eyebrows and she's like "Ah, do you see that and i'm like what are you talking about and I see this weird Christmas bulb filled with what looks like dog hair. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was my hair. <laughs> so 
so it was you know it, good memories were made it was very yeah. resourceful on something? my part i tried to throw it out and, and i didn't she let took her it and saved it and then mm. when we moved into our apartment she snuck it back in you to you our house and i hung it up in your map room and then i waited till you left and you I did threw it not. Away. <laughs> you never told me that. Right. Okay. Revelation to everyone oh, on the podcast as well. So hey, thanks I'm for so joining sad. us this week. Ruthie's going to have a meltdown. We'll see I'm you next week. I'm going to weep. <laughs>